Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Brian McKinney, Sal Spice, Ron Saw, and optimistic Viking fan, OVF. Joining us tonight, we are about three weeks, three weeks from the NFL draft. And we're going to go over some prudent Vikings topics tonight, <clears throat> including guest wish lists and the rest of the panel's wish lists for the draft, some Hendon Hooker stuff, <clears throat> talk about some of the free agents that have left the Vikings, and an overall kind of recap of stuff that's going on. We were off last week. So we are back in full force tonight. Foremost, however, betonline.ag is your number one source for all of your basketball information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, news, and information for everything March Madness and NBA this year. From the final four that just capped the NBA playoffs, BetOnline is your sports information headquarters this season. If you love sports info, scores, news, and podcasts, you can find everything at BetOnline. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV believe, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We are here. We are on Wednesday, three weeks before the draft. And we're not sure if BMAX showing up tonight. We think so. Not sure. If not, we're going to roll with uh, the four, the four-person group here, and we're going to talk a lot about the draft tonight. I want to ask the group also about some of these free agents that have left, what impact they could have on a different team, and then um, kind of what are kind of our expectation right now before the draft for the 2023 team is. But I'm starting with Ron, sir. I'm going to ask the same question to the entire panel. We'll get to optimistic Vikings fan in a minute, and then Sal Spice with her draft takes. Ron, foremost, if you're crazy or you're yourself as the Vikings general manager, tell me your dream scenario for round one, and you can get as creative as you would like. Uh, my dream scenario is uh trade down um, anywhere, whether it's three to eight picks, whatever that may be. Um, try to recoup some, another top 70 to 80 type pick. Um, and just be a stockpile asset. So the way I look at the draft, um, there's there's a ton of talent that's very similar. It's kind of like last year where in that 20 to 60 range, there's a lot of very equal players there. Now, the top end is the top end. Uh, you know, Jalen Carter, the Will Anderson, um, you know, obviously the, the top couple quarterbacks um, and then even some of the receivers. But the rest of that, there's a lot of talent there. So my goal would be is to trade back. Um, you know, I think if it's in the late or the late part of the first round or early part of the second, not too worried about that. Um, but there's a couple names that um, I like um, that I think you can trade back for and get um, a Deontay Banks out of Maryland, a big physical corner who um, is just easy great man corner, at least, you know, in college, that was his, uh, his strengths. He's a, a very good mirror ability. Um, so that's a guy that was in that range, um, that I would love. Um, also there's some, um, and this may be one where, uh, a lot of people probably aren't looking at it as it's not a flashy pick, but Jack Campbell out of Iowa is a guy that I'm 
really fond of, um, you know, 6'4", 250, 260, whatever. Uh, but he's got really good splits. He's got good agility, good short area quickness. Now, he's not the Brian Asamoah sideline to sideline guy, but um, that's why you have Asamoah. In a 3-4, you need someone who can make all the tackles. So um, those are two guys who, in my mind, would be a dream scenario of being able to get them and then stockpile picks um, to go – in, in that second, third round, whatever it is to get, whether, you know, an Andre Carter on um, the edge out of um, Army or, um, you know, Garrett Williams is another cornerback that I like out of Syracuse come CL injury. Um, Julius Brent's the name that I brought up as being a 6'3 corner with hella speed. Um, and I'll toot my horn, but I was high on Tariq Wollen last year um, and dude went out and was uh, damn near close to an all-pro. So, um, again, I don't watch a ton of college football, but I pay attention to kind of what experts say and at least try to formulate opinions based off of that and seeing kind of uh, results from the combine. So I'm not going to say I'm an expert in any means, but there's names that I see uh, at that spot that there's a lot that I'd be happy with. OVF, you haven't been on the show in about year and a half, two years. Welcome back, sir. How's yeah, life no, treating thank you? Thank you. Life's good. Life's good. You know, uh, I think I, I told you guys uh, pre-show, but my wife's due in September. So Ooh. that's going to be a, a big uh, a announcement there. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about um, that part of my life happening um, and, and moving forward in that life. That yep. And he or she will be you, an adventure. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say congratulations, but you didn't plan that well as far as the start of football season. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if you're going to give no, as many naps like, as you probably I've, will need. I, I've literally told, showed my wife videos of, of like guys like watching football at home with oven mitts on. <laughs> <laughs> clap in the oh, oh, <laughs> You can smart, clap yeah. like quietly. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's going to be me. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, sir. Thank uh, for, you. for tonight's purposes, uh, you can be as creative as you would like. What is what is optimistic Vikings fans' dream scenario for round one? Well, I think dream is is something that's likely not going to happen, right? So um, I'll go with JSN falling to twenty three. It's not going to happen, um, but I think that that would be just a uh, you know a. T Higgins and Jamar chase type of combo um, and really bring our offense to another level. Um, and JSN can really does everything that Jefferson does, uh, but also in a different way. So I think he'll take coverage off of Jefferson. Jefferson will take coverage off of, off of him and, and they would pair really well together. It's not going to happen. He probably won't make it past 15. Um, as long as he doesn't fall to green Bay, I'm okay. Um <laughs> But I mean, the dream they don't scenario draft first is round in, wide receivers. Uh, very true. Well, with Rogers um, gone, <laughs> exactly. The, the second Rogers is gone, they're gonna be like, yes, receiver. Um, no, but I think that you know, you look at our past drafts, and our arguably our best draft pick was Justin Jefferson, and that was a receiver we didn't think would fall to us. So maybe it's possible. Who knows? Um, I think that, you know, his injury could play a part in him falling. I, don't, I still don't see it happening though. Um, but yeah, that's my dream scenario. I think Ron's scenario is, is arguably the more, more likely scenario than almost anything else. Um, I see us trading down and what I, I think if I recall last year, Quasi didn't pick from a single 
original draft spot that we had going into Correct. draft night. Really? So yeah, and some of that, he, I, think, I think two he, of them were likes Spielman's trading. fault. <laughs> two of them were Rick's oh. fault, and then he, he he had six trades of his own. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think um, – that's what I keep trying to get people ready for is that I, I don't think they're going to pick at 23. I think you know, whether that's up or down um, – there's going to be a trade, but Sally, you, yours and eyes might be the same, but I'll let you go first. Well, as we were talking about before the show started, you know, the draft really starts starts me out. It's there's just so many intangibles, so much unknown it's, and it's not even the players necessarily. It's where are the Vikings going to pick because it's where they pick and what moves they make obviously has so much to do with what happens with those picks. So, what I would, I mean, listen, like I said, I'm simping for Quasi and KOC until I find a reason not to. So I'm not going to be upset about any decision that they make. Um, however, I would like for them to get more draft capital because they have, I mean, this is episode two of competitive rebuild and they have a lot to rebuild. So they need as many picks as possible. So is that a trade back like Ron? Yeah, but like I said, I mean, I'm not going to be upset about anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess mine is the weirdo for the night. Um, so my my little disclaimer here is that I don't want them to just go pick a quarterback because there's four good ones. My dream scenario is that they have very specifically identified which one is their guy. And then I don't care if that guy falls to them, if they have to trade up a few spots or trade all the way up to 10. I want them, if that guy is available, so let's say they love Richardson or they, they love Levis, I want them to go get that guy now because I have this fear that Cousins is going to hit free agency next March and then we're going to do the Viking thing where we just sign, sign some Cousins light dickhead and go like, okay, yep, we're going to be fine Then we'll figure out the quarterback stuff later. And I don't want to do that. I would rather you take this golden opportunity almost once in a Vikings lifetime where you get the guy that you want now, he can chill for a year. You still have got a damn good quarterback and Kirk, and then you'll have the excitement of knowing, hey, we got Richardson, the ace in the hole for next year. Or if something finally happens to Kirk injury-wise, then you're good to go. And I say all this knowing full well that they have roster needs to fill out, but I don't want to get rid of Cousins on this exit ramp without a strategy. I don't want to have to wait and be like, all right, well, now we need a quarterback uh, because it's it's it feels like half-ass business, and I don't expect – them to be half-assed so whether that is yeah. doing doing my theory about you know trading up to 10 to get richardson or hoping levis falls whichever guy they like um i think that's plausible otherwise and we're going to talk about this right now is hendon hooker uh, i don't want him in the first round some of you guys might we're going to get into that in just a second or dorian Tom, uh, dorian thompson robinson i still don't understand why is all the way down in round four i've watched the tape i've read all the shit and I can't figure out why there's such a huge divide uh, between what he does. But OVF, I'm going to ask you, sir, Hendon Hooker, whether it's round one or if they trade into two or right there at three, where do you land on Hooker, if at all, to the Vikings? Um, that's a good question. Well, let me let me kind of I'm going to preface my statement with kind of going off of what you talked about. I think if if we're going to go all in on a quarterback. Um, like you want, I think the more realistic option is actually trading back and picking up a 24 first, um, because the 24 draft has a lot more, um, NFL ready quarterbacks 
and and top end talent than this draft does. Um, and I think if you're really wanting wherever you pick in that first round to to get an NFL ready quarterback, uh, pick up an extra 24 first, and then you're almost guaranteed to get that quarterback that you want because you could use both your first and that extra first that you have to get to where you need it to be. Um, so I think that's the play there if you if you really want a quarterback. Um, as far as Hendon Hooker goes, I'm definitely not taking him in the first, and that's purely because of his age. Yeah. He is he is a first-round talent, um, 100% a first-round talent. I think you could make the argument that he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. Um, but just purely based off of his age and his injury, I don't think you can justify taking him in the first now i think you could justify uh, with like ron's uh you know dream scenario trading back getting to pick like 40 30 35 40 maybe maybe i'm good with hooker there um but then again usually when you draft a rookie quarterback you want him in the first because then you get that fifth year option too so maybe and this year is weird because we only have 31 first round picks um so yeah, trading to like 31, I guess I, I wouldn't be like ecstatic about it. Um, but I could understand that, but I, I wouldn't take him at 23. Sally Hendon hooker has been dragged into the first round by mock draft extraordinaires. And wouldn't you know it? It's to the Vikings. Uh, what is your temperature on Hendon hooker? Well, let me just first say I'm totally with what you said about being um, decisive and going after the player that you want. I think that is what is definitely different about the new regime is that they do have that attitude and that swagger to them that they're the opposite of a Rick Spielman where they just want to collect picks. So I, I'm totally with you. If, if you have your guy of the future, go and get him. Don't play this numbers game. Um, okay. So as far as Hooker goes, I mean, he's interesting, right? There's a lot of things that obviously I do like about him. And then there's a lot of unknowns, like the offense he played in Tennessee. That's probably not going to translate to the NFL. Um, however, as I've said, I trust I trust uh, Kevin to, you know, evaluate quarterback talent. And they both know that this is going to stick with them. The scrutiny of if it's a good pick or a bad pick, this is going to define their careers in well, I was going to say in some capacity, but <laughs> how much apologizing am I going to do for Quasi and Kevin O'Connell all season long? <laughs> I trust them. I trust them. I trust them. But as far as Hooker goes, I mean, he, a lot about him excites me. I also would be looking forward to seeing um, Vikings Twitter have a complete meltdown. <laughs> and he would be completely different than what we're used to seeing here. So, um yeah, I like a lot about him. If that's the 23, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> if it's at 23, are you still cool with that? If that's their guy, if like you if like you said, that's who they identified as their guy and they're gonna get him, then I don't necessarily care if they got him at 23. Yes, the um ACL is concerning as is the age. But I think he's proven that he's a leader, that he has taken this time um, away from the game to just study. Everyone has said that um, he is really articulate and knows the game plan, has been studying um, playbooks and everything. And I think a guy like him sitting behind Kirk for a year 
that's the exact kind of guy you want sitting behind him. So yeah, I've I've heard he's also been the one that's testing the highest out of any quarterbacks. He's the one right. that like you know is interviewing better than any other quarterbacks. Um, but I will say the age is almost more concerning if the plan is to have him sit for a year. Um, True. Yeah, he won't. I, <clears throat> I've written a couple times that if we somehow <clears throat> the Vikings get to the postseason in 2024 and he's the quarterback, he'll be 27 uh, when he, by the time he starts his, his first playoff game, which is kind of weird. Uh, Ron, so here's the deal for, for context for listeners on the age thing. Um, he should have been drafted in 2019 for his age to go with Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray. That's how old he is for context. And then if indeed the Vikings reach all the way the hell into round one, he will be the second oldest quarterback drafted in the Super Bowl era next to Brandon Whedon, who was a godforsaken 28 in 2012. Uh, you can probably tell by the tone of the voice. I don't want first round hooker ishness. And well, Ron- why wouldn't you want the fifth year option to pick up on a 30 year old quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, 30, 33 at that point when he'd be or 32 30, 32 33 so yeah but well here, you know, i guess i'll follow, like oh, go ahead you, i was just gonna say here here's what's happened is i i keep seeing him go to the vikings in round one that now i'm gonna be elated if he goes to the vikings in round three and i don't even really know if i wanted him in the first place but if it's just right. round three i'm gonna be like oh okay all right ron speak on it well I do want to say before I'm done, um, oh, sorry. our pal, Tennessee, our pal Tennessee from Tennessee, obviously watches every Tennessee game um, front to back travels to Tennessee games. He loves him. Um, he would love for him to go to the Vikings. I um, you know that's a little of a Homer take, but he just says he's great leader and um, just really dedicated to his teammate. Yeah. Like I well. said, if, if, so I do if, trust if he was 22 and not coming off of that ACL, he'd be QB two, like mm-hmm. unquestioned QB two in this draft. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting uh, scenario that I just, it's, it's, it's going to be a wild ride. I think um, whoever takes him, so the thing because is, whoever Terry, takes him, there's going to be that there's going to be that controversy of, OK, he's already 26. Should we be playing him? Because if he even if he gets taken in the second. So and yeah, like Sally, I was going to say, like, you know, this would be so, something good to, to ask Josh, because I know he's a obviously big uh, balls fan. So um, for me, like the age isn't as concerning because, again, quarterbacks, you know, usually by the like, look at. Russell Wilson, for example, I know he was an older guy because he was a grad transfer from NC State to Wisconsin. Um, some of the guys, like it may limit their stealing, um, but you know, again, it's to Dustin's point. If that's who they identify as the talent that they like, I don't care about the age because, again, let's see if we can get a guy for you know five to seven years before we worry about ten to twelve. So, um, like that would be my biggest thing. But for me, like the where the reason why I don't like it in the first round, like one it's again, if that's their guy and that's who they identify great, but your guys, the fifth, like possible quarterback being taken, then that, that you would then identify. And I don't like that at all. If you like a guy go up and get him, Great. Like if it's Richardson with the, you know, the toolsy prospects, so be it, it's fine. Um, but my concerning thing with, um, with hooker, well, one, the Jersey sales would be fantastic. You get, if you get hooker on this team. So, um, <laughs> you know, it'd be the top selling one out there, but, uh, um, aside from that, it's, well, 
one, I'd want to hear what Christian Darisai has to say about, obviously, they're, they're friends. They played at Virginia Tech together. But what was limiting him at Virginia Tech from succeeding where at Tennessee, like in a very quarterback-friendly offense? And I kind of hate to throw that around because, obviously, it wouldn't be quarterback-friendly if you're not talented. Like even Case Keenum, when you know he left Houston as the all-time um, leader in college football, he had some talent there. He showed that he could play at the NFL level, whereas you know Colt Brennan, on the other hand, at Hawaii, like he never really had that that opportunity. That was a strict air raid. But uh, so clearly, he has talent. He can make the throws. He played in a conference where you have to be uh, you have to be good. Uh, like you're not just going to coast. Um, you know when you play at Tennessee. So, um, but I'm just wondering what happened at Virginia Tech where he wasn't like viewed as that that prospect where that happened the last couple of years at Tennessee. So uh, Darius, I'm sure if he's in the room and if they're asking him about it, like, Hey, you protected him at, at Virginia tech, you know what he has to offer. Like, was there like something that changed just schematically or is it because he's now a 25 year old playing against, you know, 18 to 22 year olds, <laughs> you know, there's always that risk. Look at BYU players, you know, that sometimes they're just bigger, faster, stronger. And, uh, um, not that Zach Wilson's one of those, but Jones at least though. <laughs> Ron, I'd like I'd like to two. touch on those are your I'd, two. Like, <laughs> I, I'd like to touch on one thing that you said though, because you said he's gonna be the fifth quarterback taken. Let's let's take a step back there because I I forget if it was Daniel Jeremiah or another NFL.com pundit, but they actually had him going fourth overall. Ooh, yeah. So, so let's, uh, let's take a step back saying that he's for sure going to be the fifth quarterback taken. I don't think that's necessarily true. I could see him absolutely being the third quarterback taken. And you know, it's how everyone's board's going to play out differently. Like, you know, it's so it, where they're drafted doesn't really concern me. It's the, I guess the, like the, the front office, like how they view him. Like if it, are they settling? Like, is this, are we back in a ponder draft where it's like, we need to draft uh, draft a quarterback or is it, you know, like to Dustin's point, the patch from Mahomes, where, Hey, this is the guy we like. If we need to move up to get him to, to ensure we have him, let's do it. And if that's hooker at 10, if that's who they decide, great. So be it. Just don't, don't be it. Don't have it be something where, where someone's falling and they feel like they need to address that position. So um, the other part of it is, whether or not, um, and I'll, you know, I'll credit this to, to Mitsas on K-Fan. He brought up a good point where they could just be playing it out where they're not extending Cousins now to see how the draft shakes out, to see if they find their guy, get their guy. And if not, then you can always extend Cousins at that point. Um, I mean, because he still is only 35. Like, you know, he probably has a couple years left. Like, you know, looking at the Philip Rivers type timeline where at 37, it seems to be the drop off point and Matt Ryan, those type of guys has a couple good years left at this level. So again, we, you know, we do always talk about, well, next year is going to be better at this spot, but yeah, like I'm a big Drake May fan and obviously Caleb Williams, I think that's the ultimate dream scenario, but um, you know, also you could look at it the other way and two or last year's draft Spencer Rattler was supposed to be the number one overall pick and dude just fell off. And uh, while well, he kind of revitalized himself a little bit now at South Carolina, but uh, that was the guy that everyone was, there's the number one pick and he didn't pan out for whatever reason that is. So um, there's always that part of it, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm on the same page as Dustin where as long as they identify someone that they want and they, that's what they go for. Great. Um, if they end up, if it feels like they settle on something, that's where 
I won't like it at all. But I don't think this front office or O'Connell are the type to settle. Like the moves, you know, even the in-season moves, getting Hawkinson, like, you know, they're not ready to commit to Irv Smith and or whatever, you know, injury prone, that type of stuff. It's they see something, they go make a move and get it. So um I mean, we're, we're all, we we all got the purple goggles on, but uh, flying uh, blind with, uh, with faith. But uh, um, I mean, yeah, if we get hooker in the second, third round or whatever, and the third round would be a little Mond esque and hopefully Mm -hmm. that's not the case, but uh, um, they just need to get it right at some point within the next uh, couple of years. I I think like, so yes, now, now that we've seen, we started this first round stuff. I'm not kidding when I say, all right, if, if Hendon Hooker's in the third, then yes, I'll love it because it felt like we got value. But right now, the way the way that my brain sees it, and this is probably extremely cynical, sorry, optimistic Vikings fan, is that a 25-year-old quarterback who will be 26 by the time this regular season ends, it feels like your friends, like the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Chargers are all getting these awesome 20-ounce porterhouse steaks. And then here's the Vikings who get this old salty ass can of spam for their meat. And that's how they're going to eat. It feels like everybody else gets this cool stuff. We're finally going to get rid of Kirk, which is everybody wanted for however many years now. And then we're going to go get some old guy. It's like, really, we can't just do the 21 year old thing and have fun like everybody else. And then it, it would be like, he was on a pitch clock. Cause he's already 26 and he might turn out. Yeah. He should be game ready by then. It just makes me roll my eyes that, we're going to do the quarterback rookie, the rookie quarterback thing for the first time since Bridgewater. And somehow I'm going to have to rationalize, well, yeah, he's going to be 26, but I still love him to death. It's like, really? We can't just do it the regular way. That's where I'm at. Like I said, it, it's, it, I'll have to deal with my own resentments there. Cause I know a lot of that's like, sounds like a Karen, but that's, that's me on me. Dustin, I also have to put this out there. I I hate when podcasts don't address the fact that we have four people in their 30s talking about a 26 year old (laughs) being old. Um, (laughs) Let's let's just throw that out there. We we realize that that's he's football old football old yes yeah. but at least if the bright side of that is like football like a 27 year old running back is old like depending on the number of hits they've taken so you know a 25 year old quarterback who hasn't played it down in the nfl like at least he's got that the lifespan ahead of him uh but then yeah. like you know kind of we're with the quarterback discussion um if we're looking at just taking a potential quote unquote project or someone to develop. Like keep in mind, Kirk was a what a fourth round pick when they took mm-hmm. them after they took RG3 in the in the first round. So it does if you're drafting someone who's an absolute like we this is who we're hitching our wagon to, um like great, so be it. But there's some developmental guys that I think given a year or so could be successful in the right spots. Tanner McKee out of out of Stanford um, is one that comes to mind. Um, yeah, Dustin, you mentioned the UCLA kid. Um, you know, even like what's the Aiden O'Connell from Purdue? Like, well, I mean, I don't know. Those, these are type of guys where they they have traits about them that you'd think that O'Connell, being a former quarterback and you know being a second round draft pick that he was, um, can be able to unlock those things. So, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that we need one one to be able to get the quarterback of the future, because I think in the right circumstance, you can, uh, you can find, find that assuming, uh, you know, everything else around them is, uh, is in place. Well, and let's talk about the fact that a quarterback taken at one, one has like a 50% hit rate. Yeah. That's really weird. Right. So 
Yeah, pretty much all of them. Well, that one especially because all of the uh, flashing lights are on him, but all of the first rounders are pretty much between 40 and 50% of just being con- like startable beyond year four, year five. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why this thing's always a crash. That's why it always gets, I get so spooked right now when I look at Levis and Richardson because two of these guys aren't going to be very good. Like that's that's all there is to it. Unless this is the one year we're all four hit, but we say that every year. So I'm paranoid that if it's Richardson or Levis, it's going to be the Vikings because of course it would be. Um, but let's throw it out there. There's 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 a decent chance that Young doesn't hit in the NFL too. Yeah. I think the only like surefire hit is Stroud in this draft. I think he's the only surefire hit and that's not happening for the Vikings. Sally, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was just say I want to point out that I have documented that uh, Dustin did refer to a hooker as spam, <laughs> and I will not be forgetting that. I wrote it down, so he, he we will remind him of that when yep. um, he has an MVP season. Oh, I'll be elated too. I'll, oh, yeah, I'll own it forever. Yeah. No, this won't be like uh, you know falling on Kirk fault lines to figure out all right which side am I on. I'll I'll totally sing a different tune uh once hookers on the we'll team. get you a custom jersey that says spam oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, in free age in free agency there were uh let's see seven dudes that left this is probably gonna be a really dumb question for sally because she's probably gonna put me in my place eric hendricks adam thielen irv smith dalvin tomlinson patrick peterson and duke shelley uh which guy will we look up maybe november or so will be like how do we let that guy walk away Oh my gosh, I'm going to put you in your place. I don't know. Oh, I thought you'd say Duke Shelley for sure. Well, oh, I am going to say Duke <laughs> Shelley for sure. But, you know, that's that's a little bit of a... I mean, I, I love Duke Shelley. I love an underdog story. And I think that he obviously proved that he was worthy of somewhat of a contract. I don't know what they saw in him that they didn't feel the same way. Um so that was a little surprising to me because obviously they had first pick on, it didn't sound like he refused a deal from them or it sounded like he like did that. about 200,000 less to what I heard. Oh, yeah. So we, 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 we offered him $200,000 less. Yeah. Than, that's what I'm saying. What so we, we offered him that. And then he got the 1.2. What did he end up getting? Uh, 1.3. I think 1.2 is yeah. 1.3. Yeah. So we offered oh. him. One, it's, it's okay. I it's guess minimal. I missed that. Regardless, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, they're already in salary cap hell as it is. What's 200 grand more? Um, So, yeah, I was disappointed by that. Of course, I I think Eric Hendricks will have a decent season. I don't know what Adam Thielen's going to do because I think we can all agree he's not at a contender. They're Super Bowl contenders, I heard. (laughs) That's what what he he said. That's what he said. Like, let's go. I heard someone say (laughs) <laughs> well, they did win a lot of games last year that no one expected them to win. So maybe not that far from Charlottesville, so okay, we'll have fun. Could could the argument <laughs> be made, Sally, that what if we we look back and we say, oh, that Duke Shelley season was a Case Keenum season? It very well could be. I mean, there was a lot of big plays that Duke Shelley had that very well could have been PI and weren't called, right? Like specifically the Bills game. And I mean, I don't think that Duke Shelley is a sure thing, um, but I just I love the story. He's a short guy; nobody knew who he was. First, he proved that he could be a rotational piece. Like, oh, absolutely! I, lockdown oh, absolutely. island corner, and they but... need those. And, and, and at one at, at one point three, you're not looking for him to be your cornerback one. Right. 
No, well, of it, course. So I didn't understand that. But at one point three, you're, you deserve to know whether or not it was a flash in the pan type of thing, because it's not like it's yeah. six and you're like, damn it, we could have seen this coming. If it's one point three, nobody damn cares. Close to minimum. Yeah, nobody so, would. And care. it was a yeah. one year deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what that's why this is so mind boggling yeah. is because the Vikings owed it to themselves and owed it to Shelly at that price tag to see if he was worth it. And we'll never know. Um, and then hopefully for Shelly's sake, he'll. He'll show, he'll prove that it wasn't lightning in a battle. And then they'll play the Vikings in his house sometime. Yes. Well, and especially they signed so many other low-risk guys that it mm-hmm. just didn't seem to fit with their philosophy. Yeah. So he might have a second pick against the Vikings. You never know. What I'll say on that question is I think that uh, whoever we're going to miss the most is whatever position we don't fully address in the draft. Because we're not going to be able to address all of, like high value mm-hmm. wide receiver, linebacker, and corner. We're not going to be able to address all of those with with starter level quality players. So I would say the one the one of those three positions that we don't address um, and get a starter with um, is the player we're going to miss the most. If we wait on a wide receiver, we're going to miss Adam Thielen the most. If we wait on a linebacker, we're going to miss Kendricks the most. Um, so I, you know, they're, they're all players that could be missed, but they're all players that, you know, kind of made sense except for Shelly. Um, but I think the only reason Shelly didn't make sense letting him walk was the price tag. Um, if, if his price tag would have been even, even, even like, yeah, exactly. If his price tag would have even been 2.5, I could even understand it then. Yeah. Honestly. But, but at 1.3, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't fully understand that move. Um, unless like Shelly just didn't rub Quasi the right way or yeah, something. Like there was some in-house stuff that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing that would make sense to me. Ron will probably miss Tomlinson the most, but not at his price tag in Cleveland. Um, who else you got on that list, Ron? I mean, those are obviously the big ones. Um, at Ian's point, I think it's like whatever we don't draft or whatever we don't look for um it's gonna be it's gonna be missed um now weirdly enough i'm gonna say i think the cornerback wait you're like the cornerback spot is gonna be less of a quote-unquote like that we're gonna miss them because uh, getting byron murphy murphy i think that's gonna help a lot um getting killed evans and um andrew booth healthy again assuming they can stay healthy that's like andrew booth was a first round talent last year that fell because of coming out that injury concern so I know he wasn't very impressive and he got jumped by these other guys who were playing well. Um, that's still a talent that I like to, I want to see out there. So um, I think we can mitigate that a little bit, but they will need to draft for depth. But this is one of the deeper cornerback drafts, um, you know, that, that we've ever seen, you know, whether there's a, what the Eli Ricks or, um, you know, Jalen Johnson, like there's a bunch of big physical corners that, that uh, Brian Flores likes that you can get in the, you know, second, third, uh, possibly even fourth round. So um, I think Kendricks will be the one that where you'll notice it because now I'll be the, I'll say Kendricks got exposed a lot last year, but I think that was more scheme based because the three, four versus four, three. Um, and, you know, in the giants game in the playoff game, obviously the giants took advantage of it, putting Barkley out 
in the flat every single time and he just couldn't keep up. Um, so I don't think that's a, his fault. I think it's just, he didn't fit with this scheme, but I think that'll be the biggest one because you're losing your leading tackler essentially for the past, you know, almost decade. So um, that's not easily replaceable. Um, and he didn't miss tackles um, and he made plays in the passing game. So um, while I like what, you know, Asamoah has um, skill set wise, he's still an unknown, which is why I mentioned Jack Campbell as a guy that I would like to see as a potential option for the Vikings in the you know late twenties, early thirties. So um, just because I think we need someone there who's going to secure tackles. Um, it's great if you can run, but Ernie Sims could run and he couldn't tackle half as good as Greenway could. So, so um, there's Ron, there's, since we're on the linebacker topic uh, and let's, let's bring up another name. Cause I've seen, you know, Jack Campbell in that, in that range, but what are, what are your thoughts on Trenton Simpson out of Clemson as well? Cause I've seen him mock to us quite a bit as well. So from what I know about him, uh, just, um, I don't know about a size or anything, but obviously he's, a key cog in that Clemson defense and Clemson has for the past few years, you know, going back to when they were winning the national championship with Lawrence, like they have a ton of defensive players that make impact. The one thing that concerns me with that is much like kind of how Nicobe Dean last year. Now I know he had injury concern, but when you're a linebacker and there's so much more talent around you, sometimes it makes your job a lot easier. And I don't think, coming into this situation, again, alluding to Dalvin Tomlinson, like we don't have the guys up front where certain line linebackers might not be able to uh, fit in right away. And now again, I don't know if he is or isn't capable of doing that. Um, but, you know, if we address defensive front as well in the, you know, with our first pick, I think that would be a plus as well. So I don't know um, an answer to that. Um, but, you know, again, I like high level players at high level schools that, are playing for something you know it's not taking a guy from smu just because he's the best player on the field it's you get a a high level acc player who has been in championships or you know at playing at that level you know i think good coaching can uh, can find a spot for them the last question i got for the group uh switches gears a little bit not so much about the draft and i'm gonna set it up like this sally so this is right now, unless the meat sauce and Ron theory, uh, theory come true and Cousins is extended after the draft or something, uh, we have a quarterback, age 35, who is going on the final year of his rookie contract. We do not have an heir apparent on the depth chart at this moment. And then 35 players are scheduled to hit free agency next March. Do you consider this season the last hurrah of like this very prolonged eight-year Super Bowl window? Um, yes, I do. And I think that they probably should have closed that window a couple years ago and gotten this, uh, scenario out of the way, but you know, we had a really fun season last year and it, it was great. The nail biters, the comebacks, it was all really fun, but now we find ourselves in this position. So I do wish that this would have began earlier. I don't see how that they can realistically keep the window open right now with all of the things that they have to address and with where the division seems that everybody else in the division seems to be trending up um, aside from the Packers that are pretty much an unknown right now with the quarterback situation. So I think that the divisional opponents are going to be more difficult and I just, I don't see it, especially with, yeah, I don't see it. So let's, let's close it. Let's actually rebuild and open it again later. 
with all of those uh, items on the agenda here, Ian, does it sound like this to you is the last year of this probably arguably since 2016 all in sweepstakes? Or do you think that they just find a way to rekindle it again at this time next year? I think that the draft this year is going to say a lot. If we see Quazy trading for future picks multiple times, there's your answer. Um, I think that if you, you know, if you draft, uh, if you trade up, there's your answer. Um, that kind of, I think that, that this draft is going to say a lot about the direction of this whole team. Um, I do think it is unlikely to, after this season, if Kirk is not extended, um, to see them at a playoff level team. Now, does that mean they're not still going to be competing for a playoff spot? I don't I don't think so. I think that that's possible for to see them still competing for a playoff spot. But like a surefire playoff team, no, I don't see it happening without Kirk Cousins extended. Ron, 35 free agents on the agenda for next year. That number will shrink by a little bit to before uh, off-season rolls around. Um, interestingly, there were 18 free agents coming into this year, so we're talking about uh, a doubling of the free agent pool. And that's why there's going to be so much damn cap space that we keep talking about is because <laughs> there's half the roster scheduled not to be here. Do you foresee, Ron, is this is the final year of this really long and convoluted Super Bowl window? I mean... You know, I wouldn't say that at this point because, you know, once Rodgers is gone, like we have the best quarterback in the division. And I mean, it's relatively, it's not close. Um, if you, I mean, if you ask me, um, just because, yes, Justin Fields looks great on a fantasy, on a fantasy lineup, but um, I mean, he's still not, uh, not a polished quarterback. Um, so, and then the Lions, you know, going out and, spending their money getting a bunch of running backs um you know it's you take away deandre swift in my opinion you take away deandre swift from that lineup and you got worse um but i do like david montgomery as a player but um that D- detroit is that up-and-coming team obviously their secondary has gotten better their defense will get better um i pray to god that they don't get will anderson or jalen carter because that would just be um that would be terrifying for years to come um granted i don't want them to get Christian Gonzalez or one of those top corners <laughs> either, but I'll live. Well, or can I'll we put it out there? I don't. I don't want him to get like St- C.J. Stroud yeah, either. Yeah. That could be trouble yeah. as well. If they, yeah, if they get one of those, <laughs> you know, like, well, yeah, C.J. Stroud particularly. But um, I mean, I think I think they're fine with Goff for now. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but I mean, I'm not saying that we're the favorites in the division but give me Kirk against this division and with the offense that we have and you know the what will be just by default an improved defense um just because you can't really get any worse um although technically the Lions did get better so I would say we were worse than last year but uh um I'd still take our chances as far as that part of the window um and then who knows what happens from there so um you know in 24 yes I don't want to be you know, picking, but I don't want to turn into the Colts, like with rolling through which old ass quarterback or wash up quarterback are we going to get now? I absolutely do not want that. We've been doing that my whole life. You know, yep. the Warren Moons, the Randall Cunninghams, you know, I, I hate that, which is why I, I see we have a, at least a few more years of a, of a high level quarterback play 
use that window to find uh, find the replacement and go from there. So, um, I mean, when you have Justin Jefferson, who's arguably one of the best players in the league, not just players at his position, just arguably one of the best players, you'll have a chance every year, um, assuming you can build everything. If not, Kevin O'Connell's not going to last very long, um, and Quasi might not last very long either. So, um, you know. We're, uh, we're very much in that, um, you know, the, the common man mantra that allows you to the best, best that allows you. It's just, you know, yeah. when you see those, uh, one of the highest winning percentages ever for a franchise and all of the other, what, 12 around mm-hmm. them all have Super Bowls and we don't. So, you know, we and win every- enough to win, but not enough to win at all. <laughs> Ron, like you said, I think that you can put almost any quarterback in Kirk's situation right now, and they'll probably be elevated at least a little bit. Um, Cause I think, you know, with not just Jefferson, but I think you can add a Hawkinson to that as right. well. They, they're going to elevate the play of that quarterback. Um, so even if you do lose Kirk and you go all in on a, you know, Jimmy G, which isn't happening. Jimmy G type, I should say, you know, like it, it, it could, it, it, that window could stay open. Um, it, same with a rookie. Even I think, you know, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson are going to be a rookie's best friend. Um, they're, they're only going to help the, that progress of a rookie quarterback. So if, if, you know, Quazy's plan is to go and get a rookie quarterback next year, I think that still keeps that Super Bowl window open to an extent. Um, because you can, you know, get to the playoffs and, and anything happens in the playoffs, uh, even with the rookie QB when, when they've got Jefferson and Hawkinson. All right, gang, that's all the time we got. We'll reach out again to Bryant and see if he's going to make his return triumphantly soon. But I'd like to thank the group and we will talk to you guys next week. I'd like to thank you, Dustin. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for, for having me. <laughs> All right. You're saying it like it's a job interview? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, bye, guys. Later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.